This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we uncover stories, ideas, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of deep love, relationships, and good sex. Oh, and a little bit of manifestation sprinkled in there too. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. If you haven't noticed, this week we have some new cover art. I have been working on a little bit of a brand refresh for Bedside. Nothing crazy, but just, you know, a new glow up. I feel like I haven't changed the branding in quite some time. And, you know, we've been evolving. We've been growing as All of us do. And so I'm really excited to bring you guys a little bit of a brand refresh. If you're a new listener here, or if you don't know, I actually come from a brand design background. That's kind of like my trade, my specialty. So I love to give things a branded moment. I'm truly one of those friends that like if there's an event, if there's anything, like I am branding it. I had a, (laughs) I think people thought it was crazy this summer because for my partner's birthday, we were back in the Midwest and his family like has a pickleball court, which is so epic. And I branded like his entire birthday gathering. I made like pickle fest. I made like an agenda and stickers and icons. And everyone was like, this is so cute. But like, you did not need to do this. And I was like, honestly, I'm just that person who has to brand everything. It's in my bones. It's in my DNA. So I am so excited to be delivering you guys a little bit of a bedside brand refresh over the next couple of weeks. You'll kind of like see new things rolling out. And yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for a new era. I feel like, I mean, we've already entered it. I think it just, the visuals have been catching up to a lot of the amazing conversations we've been having here. And you know, all of the fun intersections that we cross on this entire series between manifestation, between mindfulness, between sex, intimacy, relationships, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful kind of family of topics that we chat about here. And I'm really ready to bring that to our visual identity system. That being said, I hope we are having a good week. I hope you guys are doing well. This week's episode, I am really excited to bring you because first off, I've been recording a lot more in the studio lately, which has just been so much fun to like connect with people in person and of course, kind of get more video clips. I promise that I will be bringing a lot of these episodes to YouTube soon. I transparently just like haven't had the time or bandwidth to be able to do that. But soon there's going to be like a bulk upload of a lot of these episodes, including this one that you are tuned in today. Hopefully it'll be on YouTube soon. I'll keep you guys closely posted on Instagram and the newsletter and everything with that. But today's guest, I got to record in studio with the lovely Nicoletta Heidegger. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, host of Sluts and Scholars podcast, and a sexologist. And I got to tell you, I was so excited to chat with her today because we got into so much of the intricacies of partnership and particularly a lot of the things that people don't want to talk about, people don't want to share. And listen, a lot of us go to Google or TikTok or our search engine preferences to get a lot of these answers around building relationships, staying in relationships. We unpack what it looks like to get your needs met in different relationship dynamics, what that can look like, how that can play out, and really also what it means when you are in a relationship with anybody, whether it's romantic, whether it is friendship, and what it means to be in a position of should I stay or should I go, which I know so many people find themselves in and they don't know where to turn. They feel a lot of shame around it. They feel like they can't go to their closest friends and family for advice because it is quite a shame thing to experience. So we chat a lot about what it looks like to stay in relationship dynamics, what green flags, red flags are for staying, for leaving. And we even dive into how important sex is in different relationship dynamics, right? Like where should your sex life be in terms of your quote unquote healthy relationship? So this is jam packed. There is so much advice 
Nicoletta truly blew my mind on so many different topics. And I'm just really excited to deliver this to you guys because I know these are so many things that we have questions about, but don't always have the answers or the right resources to go to. Things like what are the characteristics of a healthy sex life and the importance of having relationship check-ins. So all of these things are on today's episode. With that said, I'm so excited to welcome Nicoletta to the Bedside Podcast. And as a quick housekeeping update, you guys, I want to share with you on the 4th. So this upcoming Saturday, I will be hosting a live vision boarding IRL vision boarding monthly archetype collaging event, which is so exciting. So I'm going to be hosting this for any LA locals. Please come. I would love to see you there. It's going to be at BB Soft Skin Studio in Atwater. We're going to have like a very cozy Saturday evening. Truly like bring your magazines, come in your sweats. We'll have some nice, lovely, natural wines. We'll have some snacks and come make friends, come meet other people. Vision board for your upcoming November archetype. It's going to be such a blast. And I really hope that we kind of begin to do more series like this. I'm My goal truthfully is to be able to bring you guys kind of vision boarding and collaging events every couple months that we can connect together in real life. Just get cozy, make make friends with one another and get crafty. I have so many memories and I was actually speaking to Alicia who owns BB Soft Skin. She's my incredible facialist and I'm so excited to be partnering with her for this. But we were chatting when I was last with her. She was like, I have so many amazing memories of being in middle school, being in high school, like collaging and getting all of my magazines and cutting things out and just having such a creative process. And she's like, I miss doing that. I want to have an outlet, a creative outlet and we were just chit-chatting about it. And so we are really excited to bring this to you. It's kind of like your fun high school nostalgia meets manifestation meets your sexual empowerment and tapping into your authenticity. I am truly so excited. So if I'll leave more very like granular details on Instagram with an invite, So you can guys go check out my Instagram feed. It will have all of the information there for the event, but it's going to be at BB Soft Skin in Atwater on November 4th. So I hope to see you there and let's get into today's episode. Hi, Nicoletta. Welcome to the Bedside Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. Glad we could make this happen. I know. We were just saying we had to definitely do some coordination because we each had different travels and I'm going to disclose that you were at Burning Man and you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, two two busy badass bitches rolling around in the mud of life trying to find a mutually agreeable time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how about in three months on a Tuesday yes. at uh, two fifty for five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Thank God for those Calendly links. Yeah. Like I am just popping those off right and left. I'm like, here, find a time, find a time. <laughs> yeah. But then you got to make time to update, update the Calendly links. Sure. Yes. Or if someone booked a time where you were like, shoot, I didn't block off that day. Right. Because <laughs> I actually am not available, and I'm to figure this out. Yep. <laughs> But here we are. But here we are. We've made it. Welcome to Bedside. I'm so excited to I like have a, you. I like a slow tease. Yes. Lots of foreplay. So now we're here and now it's like, here. it's been building. It's been building. The tension is ready to The be. tension. <laughs> it's going to be so good. So I particularly want to chat with you today about specifically intimate relationships and a lot of the taboos around them. Because I think you're a sex therapist. First, I guess, do you maybe want to debunk what sex therapy is? Like, is there a difference between regular therapy and sex therapy? Can you explain that for anyone who's like, what the heck? Yeah, absolutely. Well, sex therapy, we actually talk about sex. (laughs) And it's sort of like having a a general doctor or a specialist doctor. And so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I do see people for 
all sorts of things. And even when we talk about sex, it's never just about sex. You know, it's important to have knowledge about all the other things because there's so many facets that make up our erotic selves. But sex therapy is usually with a licensed therapist who has specialized in human sexuality. So we have additional training in this specialization. Yes. And so most of the people who come see me, their initial reach out is around some type of sexual struggle that they're going through. And then Again, it's never just about that, but that's kind of the primary thing. Most general therapists out there only get one class, if at all, but usually it's about 10 hours of, yes, of sex training. Yeah. And so it's, it's pretty broad. It's pretty vague. And if someone grew up also not feeling comfortable talking about sex, then therapy can kind of become a, another place where sex isn't talked about. So for me, it's like, this is our main thing. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Actually, and I'm remembering now, I wanted to bring this up to you. You did the Widener University program yes. that is in Philly and I'm from the Philly area. And it's <laughs> so funny because there was a moment in time where I was like, am I going to go do that program? I didn't go through with it, but yeah. I, I'm very well acquainted to it. It's like, pretty renowned. I mean, there's not that many programs like that in the States. Yeah. It, it used to be at UPenn. Then they moved to Widener. And when I first went, it was kind of the only program that had a like special kind of recognition that you were able to like actually have it be certified. Um, now there's another one in the San Francisco Bay Area, California Institute of Integral Studies. There's also other certification programs all around, but it was one of the only higher education programs at like a certified university. So there wasn't a lot to choose from, but it was also great. Now there's a little more, which is good because more people are, are studying this, yeah. which is great. I know. It's so interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see that it's kind of resurged in like yeah. it, the category is expanding. I think for a while it was like you'd go to like the early internet and be like, where do I get a degree in like, I don't know, sexology? We're like, what yeah. is a sexologist? Or, right. You know, like how do we, yeah. like, or right, or sex therapists and like specifically yeah. narrow this down. And it's kind of been a piecemeal path. But now I love yeah. seeing that it's like growing and becoming more of a system. It's yeah. so exciting. We need it. We need it. I agree. Okay. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. Like I mentioned about kind of like the nuances in specifically intimate dynamics. And I think this conversation feels very timely. I've had a couple of chats with other friends and people who have expressed to me, and I was like, okay, this is good timing that I'm having you on the show. Yeah. The idea of getting their needs met in a relationship mm -hmm. and more specifically, not getting their needs met in a relationship. And I figured I'd hone in on this with you for a moment because I know so many people kind of come together in relationship dynamics, romantic, intimate relationship dynamics. And usually like we're in the honeymoon phase, we're kind of overriding a lot of different spaces and places, some of us, not all of us, but how do we begin to actually carve out getting our needs met in an intimate dynamic or at least getting that back if we feel like we've lost that? I We're mean, jumping right in. Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, a lot of us don't give ourselves the time to actually know what we need and want to begin with. And that's just a thing that happens on a day to day too, where we sort of ask somebody, Oh, well, what do you feel like doing? Or do you feel like doing this? And I think we're sort of expected to like answer quickly. And so a lot of us don't slow down enough to actually check in with our body and be like, what am I really needing and wanting? Like, what are my core values? How are things aligning for me? Or potentially we have those shoulds in our head of what we think we should be needing and wanting and our body saying something different, but we're like, Oh no, 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 I'm not going to listen to that. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of get in these wars. So I think first, and foremost, and, and you can do this while in a relationship too, but ideally you're spending some time with yourself before if you're single and dating or, or looking. But even if you are in a relationship of taking time to be in relationship with yourself yeah. and really actually get clearer on what do you need and want. Because sometimes maybe we're able to be like, well, this ain't it. <laughs> when we're in it, like, you know, it's not feeling good, but you're not exactly sure what or why or how or when that happened. So for me, it's getting, getting clear, slowing down with yourself, learning a bit more like embodiment to actually feel in your physical being what feels like a yes to me, what feels like a no for me. And then also giving yourself permission to have that I don't know, which means like I need more time mm. to actually check in with yourself. And so for me, I think that's kind of the the starting point in this conversation that needs to be highlighted. Wow. That's such a good point that you bring up of that space in between of like not knowing, knowing, and yeah. needing more time, right? Like we don't always have the answers and we don't always yeah. need to have the answers right away for yeah. what we're seeking or what our desire is. Yeah. I think for me too, a lot of 
issues have happened too where I've learned things from past relationships and experiences with myself or with others and I don't take the time to integrate it. Mm. I mean like you know it's kind of like everyone's really into psychedelic assisted therapy now right (laughs) and these types of experiences. The key for all of that is integration. So you can have this experience or you can be having an experience with a partner and and think that you don't want something but are you really taking the time to slow down and really like integrate that meaning like find the bigger picture thing, see how it fits in, see what to do next. So I think a lot of us aren't taking that integration time either. I'm really curious about like this, this note of integration time. Why do you think we don't give ourselves enough time to integrate? Are we bypassing or what is it? I mean, I think for me, it's been a struggle of just like not making enough time for myself mm-hmm. or thinking that other things, you know, are maybe more important or the things that feel tangible on the to-do list that I can like check off feel easier to do Yeah. other than like sitting there and being like, I'm going to journal or I'm going to do this thing for myself. Or <laughs> So for me, it's helpful to have like an accountability space like therapy to do that integration work. But I think a lot of us don't give ourselves the time. There's no permission for the time. I think we're busy. There's just so many things going on and it's it's easy to to skip over that and, and not prioritize that yeah. in the the hustle bustle. I think that when it comes to getting our needs met, you have a really interesting point of like starting with yourself first, actually. Yeah. So where do we begin to like have conversations between self, but then integrating that into like a co-created space of getting your needs met? Mm. Firstly, I think the starting place would be to like something I do with my clients is we do an exercise called like finding your yes. Mm. So I'll have people think of something in their life, person, place, thing. You can even do it now if you're listening. Person, place, thing, uh, experience, memory. It could be a meal. It could be sex that you had. It could be something great, but something that you know is like a hell yes for you. And then I kind of do a guided meditation with them where we take in all the five senses of that thing and figure out what happens in my body when I lean into this yes experience Mm. to help us actually feel like, oh, that's what something authentically me feels like. Mm -hmm. I also think it's important to kind of make these informed consent choices about the needs that are important to us to sort of get clear on our life stories and narratives, because sometimes we think something is a need, but really it's like a should or a cultural thing. Yes. And so not to judge those, but to get curious of like, how did I form these desires, right? Do I say that I need this because somebody told me that I like need to get married if we've been dating for this long and now that's a need of mine. And like, if it doesn't happen, it could be with anybody. We've been together this amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) Is that really your need or is that like this societal cultural story pressure uh, that's on you. So when we talk about connecting it with somebody else, I think that's important too. Also, no one person, if you're monogamous, no one person is going to be able to meet all those needs. So also important to figure out which core values do I really want to share with a partner and which things am I willing to outsource? Yeah, totally. And with the sex thing, a lot of people do not put the sex thing on their core values as a first thing. Mm. I see people being like, oh, well, if I love them and I love these other things about them, that the sex will just fall into place. Mm. Um, Sometimes that's the case, but not usually. And so a lot of people at the beginning when things are new and exciting, they don't notice that things maybe aren't aligning or that there's just a different flavor in the sexuality. um, And they haven't given themselves permission to be like, oh, the sexual connection is my top value. Yeah. (laughs) And then things go down the line and they're like, wait, why isn't the sex working? Oh, because I didn't actually like ask questions about it. Right. Or like I I unconsciously devalued it. Yeah. So interesting. And I think too, I really want to like drive home what you mentioned about needs and shoulds Mm. and societal expectations on needs and shoulds. You not being like the original creator of them. Right. Like who exactly. And investigating... That has been so freeing for me in my own process around desire. Yeah. Realizing that sometimes the shoulds that I put on myself, I'm like, oh, that is because this grade school teacher told me that one yeah. time, right? Or like right. that is because I'm realizing that's an inherited like mother wound lineage right. belief, right? And so it's it's very interesting to take a f- close look at that, recognize the ownership mm-hmm. and 
to me, that's kind of helped me alleviate some of the shoulds that have held me back at different points in my life. Yeah. And just allowing it to be more easily released. Yeah. I also see people struggling in this sort of dissonance of like, logically, they're like, I have this need, but there's also a part of them that feels like that judges the need Mm. and feels like maybe the need or the desire is too much, or it's going to alienate the other person or they shouldn't have it. And so then there becomes this internal dissonance of like, maybe I'm not clearly asking for it, or I don't think I have permission to ask for it, but I want this thing, but you're not giving it to me, but can I have it? And what if I lose you? And so then there's this internal struggle where sometimes it's hard to express those needs because there's a part of you that's unsure that you have permission to do so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I wonder how this translates into kind of sexual experiences. And in a more granular way, let's kind of paint a picture. What if there's someone who once had a good connection or, you know, had a more seamless connection in their intimate life and is now hitting a sexual lull and they feel like their needs aren't getting met. What is your approach to handling a situation like that or moving forward to get to maybe that more familiar baseline that you were used to? Yeah. I mean, great news. That's probably indicative that you're a human being. (laughs) So human, human check, (laughs) human check. Um, look, we, we change over time and also just the new energy that we have in a relationship, like you said earlier, can help us sort of overlook or we're just sort of like drawn to this new exciting thing where at the beginning, maybe some difference that we had was like hot and exciting. And now that time has gone on, you're like, wait, you're not just like me. This sucks. (laughs) And that's not hot anymore. So I think it's normal that your desires and needs are going to change over time or that initial new relationship hormone cocktail is going to diminish you know, having great sexual connection over time takes work. And so to me, the key things here obviously are going to be your communication. Are you able to, are you having open communication about how needs change over time and and what the new needs are? You know, do you have a way that you discuss that? Um, Is that normalized in your relationship? Because a lot of times I think sometimes there are certain partners out there who think that if they like find the playbook on your body, that they never have to get an upgraded version. Yeah, like a there's no OS update. <laughs> right, exactly. But think about it. Like you said, any good, anything out there, a phone, a book, or whatever usually has like a new new version. Yeah. And so same is true for us. Like, is your relationship open to these upgrades? Yeah. Um, and do you have a way that you check in about that? Is this still feeling good for you? A lot of people don't they kind of just like stay on the same thing and then it's not going well and they're like, oh no, something's wrong. Mm. As opposed to like, yeah, of course things are going to shift and ebb and flow and one day you're going to like this, another day you might might not like this. So it's it's normal. Yeah, yeah. I really, really love that analogy because I feel like it gives a lot of permission to exploration and like the natural, organic, inevitable evolution that happens for everybody, even yeah. in their own personal like self journey. And then of yeah. course it's going to be happening in your relationship dynamic. How do you think we should be checking in? Do you have like tools around how we can maybe normalize the way that we make sure we're in growth with our partner and not leaving yeah. something dormant to then years later, right. like this is the this worst sucks. relationship. Why am I yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm biased because I'm a therapist, but like get a therapist early on. Yeah. Like let's normalize going to preventative coaching and therapy. We, especially when it comes to sex, but relationships in general, like how did you learn about sex and relationships growing up? Like, did you have a class? I had a... <laughs> I had fear mongering. Oh, wow. That's my favorite class. Uh, My favorite class, fear mongering 101. I had a gym teacher. Yep. (laughs) Creak in a little, actually, not little, massive box television on wheels into the. Oh, my God. That's like movie level. Yeah, movie level. Plug in in the TV, put in like a VHS. No way. Sounds old. I'm, I'm. yeah. But, and then like, <laughs> yeah, watch I had like these weird ass, like, yeah. I don't know, birthing videos or like, wow. Who knows? Yeah. And, but I blocked did they, out a lot. Did they talk about relationship dynamics either? No. Yeah. Like, no, we were told like use a condom and girls are just susceptible to 
being gazed at and taken advantage of. So watch out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and again, like you said, nothing's touching on like how to communicate or yeah. feelings or relational dynamics. So most other things in life, like we acknowledge that you have to learn them and practice them to do them. Yeah. <laughs> Driving, recording like technology for a podcast, learning how to read, like any of these things. We have classes and teaching, but most of us don't have that for life, for relationships, for sex. And so we, the most you know, important. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we have some modeling from our parents who like are humans and probably fucked it up in one yeah. way or the other. Um, you know, and maybe didn't show what repair looked like. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, the first main thing is to like start proactive early on. Like there's so many great online books and classes or go to a coach or therapist, even before something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Just being like, wow, I really value this connection so much. I want to make sure we have all the tools we need to have a great long lasting partnership. Would you be willing to go to this with me? Like yeah. before anything goes wrong, because like, I just want to be able to sustain this with you because yeah. it's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's such a great frame. And you also mentioned the idea of repair. Yeah. And I think it's interesting and I want to hang out here for a second because I feel like a lot of the messaging we get around relationships is like very polarizing. Yeah. It's either like stay or if there's one thing wrong, I'm out. Uh, yes. And how do you know when? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when to leave kind when of. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is a tough one. I mean, I think there's no objective answer to this. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's different for, for each person. And I see both things, you know, I actually it just interviewed someone on my podcast about this. And we were talking about how on one side of things, we do live in this sort of instant gratification culture where we're like, oh, it's not working. Get the newest version. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> like, oh, this isn't happening. Like, I'll, I'll get another one. I'll get one. the new shiny pretty thing. Yeah, exactly. So and then, you know, with sort of dating app swiping culture, it's easy to just be like, oh, well, there's something else out there. Right. Yeah. There's something else out there. So our sort of capitalistic life has given us this unfortunate view that there is a better, newer, better, improved, you know, version of things out there. Mm -hmm. And that there's also, yeah, that we shouldn't have to like work hard, I guess, for it. Yeah. And so on one end of things, I think you have to ask yourself, what is your like level of willingness and resiliency to work on things in general? Like in general, how do you sort of approach when something becomes difficult yeah. and kind of getting really clear on that with yourself and your partner is like, what is my level of willingness? How does this match my core values? Like we're also thinking maybe there's some people out there and if for whatever religious or spiritual reasons, they're like, I don't believe in divorce or separation or so they might have a higher level of Tolerance. Yeah. I don't or know whatever. if tolerance, but or like willingness to yeah. have to work on things. Yeah. So kind of getting clear, like, what is your, you know, willingness to work on things? Are there things that are really like core boundaries that you think you will like never change? And then additionally, I think getting clear with your partner just on how much work are we willing to put in mm -hmm. to this? Um, but like I said at the beginning, if you kind of know your core values, to me, main important thing is that you have some matching core values with a partner. Um, that doesn't mean that you're going to agree on everything or want all the same things, but there does have to be like some reason for being Yeah. beyond just, we love each other. Yeah. And so when sometimes when I ask people, well, what's keeping you in this? And they say, well, we love each other. And I'm like, well, that's great. What else? Yeah. <laughs> So love is beautiful. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people are like, love prevail, you know, yeah. like love can solve everything and, and maybe to an extent, but beyond that, what is your sort of core aligning purpose yeah. for what's keeping you in this? Yeah. What are some like examples, like even for people listening to be like, well, yeah. actually, what is it beyond love that I'm in it for? Yeah. Like, um, potentially maybe for you, your core value is like, I want to be in a relationship where we're both value a growth mindset mm. where we both care about like self-improvement and always working on ourselves. Yeah. And so if you're with somebody who doesn't prioritize that and you're saying that is your core value, wondering why, yeah. <laughs> is that something you can, you know, you can shift. Yeah. Um, and this to me fits in with like the other stuff you're talking about of deciding when to stay or when to go is how crucial is this thing that you're saying to you and your values. So just for example, like let's say you're into something sexually and your partner isn't. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of couples. Yeah. You're not the same person. There's going to be 
some things like yeah. yeah exactly things you don't align on yeah for me my core value is having someone who's like has like a non-judgmental willingness mm-hmm. um to try to find either like a similar language or just at least we can talk about it for me i'm also non-monogamous so that that can be helpful too because it's not all on that one partner but i at least want to be able to talk to all the partners about it. And so, you know, for me, it's figuring out how key is this thing to me? Is this something that I know that I want to have as a core part of my relationship? And if I don't have it with this person, will I be okay with that? Yeah. Um, So at some point, if that isn't aligning and you're saying this is something you have to have, that may be an ending mm-hmm. or that, or if you're non-monogamous, that may be, okay, I'm needing to outsource this. Or even if you are monogamous, is it something you can outsource in another way? I've also found that sometimes people think there's a misalignment in their needs and desires, but if we're able to like dig down to the core essence of it, sometimes we can find a common language. Yeah. So what I mean by that is like, let's say that one partner really likes to be spanked <laughs> and the other partner is like, I'm not into that. And you know, I- I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Both people can take a step back, take a look at what is it about this that I like or don't like? What's my kind of story around it? Maybe you had an upbringing where spanking was a punishment and you don't feel good about it. Or maybe you had an upbringing where it was a punishment and now you've eroticized it. I don't know. So kind of getting clear on it. But then once you kind of name that, digging deeper to see what is it about this in its core, purest form that's important to me? And is there a way we can connect on this human to human? So, for example, it's like, oh, well, actually, I like this because I really like to feel strong sensations because that helps me feel grounded in my body. Oh, the other person can be like, oh, now I understand. Um, Maybe I wasn't into it for this reason, but I can understand that this is what helps me get into my body. I want to foster that for you. You know, can we find a common language to do that now that we've gotten to the core elements of it? Yeah. And now we've rewritten something that feels like we're co-creating something. Yeah, exactly. On new understanding grounds. Right. Um, I really love the framework. I don't know if you've talked about on the show before, but the like erotic blueprints. Yes. I love the erotic blueprints. Yeah. Yeah, I love it too. And, And I like to apply it not just to sex. I like to think of it as like who you are in relationship to. Um, and the idea that it's okay if you have like a misalignment in needs and desires, but how willing is your partner and how willing are you to work on things to find this, to be able to speak a language together. And then the second piece is how willing are you to accept somebody showing up for your needs and desires when it's not their usual mode of operating? Mm. And here's where I think we get stuck is people want the other person to want what they want. Yes. That's <laughs> right? my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want you to like, like. I want you to like physical touch as much as I love physical touch. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, I want you to, it's not enough that you're like folding the socks the way that I asked you to. I want you to want to fold the socks that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> like whatever, whatever fucking thing it is, you know? So I think we struggle to receive um, I think some part of this is because if we were leaning into it, then we have to accept the fact that we're receiving just to receive. And that can be hard to do that because then we feel guilty or we're worried it's too much or whatever. Um, or we want to like share this thing with that person. So I think you have to sort of practice this other thing of like, how willing am I to receive the things I want just because someone cares about my needs? Yes, yes. I love that. Also, I'm laughing because (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned folding socks. I fold towels a really specific way, like Uh bath towels. Which is the the way. Okay. So you fold it long and Uh then you fold it in like a trifold situation. Yeah, like a hotel fold. Yes. Okay. Because I used to work in like as a teenager, like some of my first jobs were in hospitality. So they like taught us how Mm -hmm. to do Yeah, I worked in hospitality too. Yeah. Yeah. And so... My partner, when I first met him, would just like fold the towel one way and then the other and they would be these like long squares. And yeah. I'd be like, so this is unacceptable. <laughs> and <laughs> How did that go? And he was like, 
what the fuck are you saying? Like, I'm just folding a towel. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, we must, like, fold and trifold. And, like, it was so funny. The first couple of attempts I was trying to show him, like, he was so resistant and just, like, really, like, fuck you. I can't believe you're making me do this. And it was so— But I call these the towel arguments. Really? Yeah. I usually (laughs) refer to it of, like, oh, you left your towel on the floor again. I fucking hate you. Um, But usually it's about something else. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe sometimes it's just about towels because you're, like— towels are very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> and other times there's a story behind it. So how willing are we to like get to the core of that meaning yes. to help our partner understand us and to help us find compassion to see them as a whole human too? Yeah. So like, can I use this towels as an example? Yes, please, okay. please do. So if we had to peel it back, what is it about the trifold that's important to you? And what is it about your partner doing it that feels really important to you? Okay. So I love this. Okay. So I love folding my towels this way because it makes my house feel like a premium experience. Like it's the hospitality moment. It's organized. It's in the linen closet in like a beautiful way. And then when I pull a towel out, the entire experience of it is just so refreshing. It feels premium. Yeah. And what feels good for you about having something be premium in your home? I, oh my gosh, I love this. Um, (laughs) I think that it makes me feel just like I'm treating myself well and that I am capable of creating really beautiful experiences for myself in small but meaningful ways. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) It's a pleasure practice. It's a pleasure practice. Okay. So (laughs) if you attach all that to it and then your partner's not folding the towels this way, unconsciously you are translating that to, I don't care about your pleasure practice. Um, I don't care about having a beautiful premium space with you. Um, having a premium space doesn't matter to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's stripping the the worth and narrative that I've put behind this. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. Anyways, so to, to complete the story too, the other day, he's just like folding the towels. By the way, this was something maybe like years ago, yeah. but I'm lying on bed in the bed after my shower. I'm having my towel time. Yeah. Many of us are familiar with. Uh-huh. I mean, you gotta lie in your bed after you shower. Yes, yeah, yeah. I take the towel off and I get under the covers. Oh, I'm, I'm, like, warm. My God, that's elite. Yeah, <laughs> I like a premium experience. Yeah, <laughs> guys, the entire through line of this podcast is premium experience. Um, but so he just like we have like a pile of laundry on the bed and he's just folding it and he's doing the towels like he's been doing for a really long time but it hit me i was like oh my god babe you fold i i forgot like you fold the towels how i taught you like you love this now too and he's yeah. like yeah i love this so it's kind of come full circle but yeah. <laughs> it's hysterical but a good reminder to validate each yes, other yes. when you're seeing things done that make you feel good that yeah. you asked for yeah totally so, yeah. yeah, we've really come through to the, like, is this necessary to the, like, I'm doing it and now I also am doing it and enjoying it. Yeah. Huh. But again, coming full full circle, as you said, like, in terms of, like, when to stay, when to leave in terms of needs, to summarize, I think, you know, take some time to get clear on what your core values are. Are there things that, you know, you need to have in relationship? What has happened to why you're maybe not choosing that? Does your partner know what those are? Are you sharing it with them? How willing are you to do the work and what amount of work feels like you're, I don't know, like how, how far you're willing to go, I guess. Mm-hmm. How willing is your partner to, to do that work on those things that don't align? Are you ready to receive things that aren't your partner's mode of operating? How much are you willing to outsource? Mm-hmm. I think these are some key things to question and figure out to help you determine if it's time to go. And then, I mean, maybe there are some objective times about like, relationships that are harmful and things like that. But that's a whole other conversation on why it's hard to leave and all that. So I just want to assert, yes, yes, put a pin in the (laughs) sense that like, I think we're talking about relationships that might be like working to an extent in a non-abusive way, but like you want something different. This would be a different chat if it was, how do I know when to leave when something's abusive Abusive. and harmful? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Agreed with that. I also wanted to ask you about a bit more about receiving because what are your thoughts around, I think we can use like the erotic blueprint or maybe let's even pair it back to something a little bit more widely understood, like love languages. Uh People like to kind of 
use that as a good example of where their needs are. Yeah. So in terms of receiving, let's say there are two individuals who have very different love languages, if you will. Mm -hmm. Where can we begin to learn or begin to understand that we are still receiving love, right? Mm. In a form that maybe we're just not associating as deeply with because I'll, I'll use an example. I'll use me. I'm a physical touch girly. <laughs> I'm a towel girl. <laughs> I'm a towel <laughs> girl. <laughs> Let's say someone is like a words of affirmation. Like you're with yeah. someone who's just, but you're like, oh, it doesn't really, thanks for gassing me up. But like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I just really want you to hold my hand or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. How do, how can we learn to expand our vocabulary of receiving love if it might not be what we expect or want uh, yeah. out of our vocabulary of love. I mean, I find it easier to receive when the person I'm receiving it from is also being willing to speak my language. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to do if they're like, well, this is the way that I do it. And so you can either receive that or like, I am showing you love. Yeah. Because <laughs> to me, that's not like attunement. Yeah. So even if they're saying, you know, this is a little hard for me or wanting to name that or, or giving them some compassion that it's going to take some time to learn that language, just like if you would learn French or Italian or Spanish or whatever, same with the erotic blueprint kind of thing. Like you have to, I think the partner or whoever you're with, it could be friend, family member, whatever, also has to have a willingness to speak your language too. Mm -hmm. So then that makes me more willing to want to speak their language Fair. personally. So I, I think if someone, if I see that they're trying to speak my language, it makes me more willing to be like, oh, well, I, I can try to take that in or, or speak that as well. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Like yeah. it's less about just being like, okay, I, grinning and bearing, like, okay, I guess I'll accept this as what it is. Yeah. Well, and there's also maybe something that just, pop, just popped in my head is like having like a translation discussion <laughs> a little bit Yeah. where maybe you're with someone who's not a big physical touch person. And um, you could say something like, you were kind of gassing me up saying these nice words of affirmation earlier to me. If you could translate that to how you would hold me, how would you be holding me? Huh. Yeah. So like finding a way to like see if you can translate it. Like yeah. hey, I, I, I knew logically you were trying to give me love, but you know what? It just wasn't landing. Can you help me? let it land. I have a wild visual in my head. What? It's like a Google translate, but it's like yes. putting physical things. Like we're putting in words. We're love in, the love translate. Yeah. The love translate. We're putting it into like a little translator and then it's like, ring, ding, ding, and then it's like, this is how it translates in physical. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and look, sometimes if it's not someone's normal language, we have to remind them like, Hey, remember I speak this. Yes. And I know that can be annoying. Yeah. And I don't know the right answer about like how many times do you have to remind somebody? Mm, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes we do have to specifically ask for what we want. And especially if that other person doesn't speak your language. And this is where I notice myself included. A lot of people are like, I don't want to have to ask for it because it's not as good this way. Yeah. But this is where you have to learn to be able to like receive it. And see if you can find something about receiving it that's great. So if you're noticing that your partner is giving you a language you don't want, ask them very specifically for what it is you do want. Mm -hmm. And that can take some practice. That is vulnerable. That is scary. But then you actually have an opportunity to like get what the fuck you're asking for. Yes. Yeah. So for example, <laughs> like what kind of touch would you say you would have preferred or like in those situations? Well, I think I'll just give a random example. I really like holding hands in public. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's say instead someone's giving these words of affirmation, I might say something like, hey, I really appreciated, you know, that thing you just said. Like, I know that that's your love language, but like right now, remember, I love physical touch. Can you hold my hand while we're walking here in public? Because it's going to make me feel that thing that you just said. And I'd love for you to hold it this way. Yeah. And then ideally they're like, oh yeah, thanks for telling me. Uh-huh hold it that way. And then you have to take a breath and practice like, can I still receive the niceness of like how this hand even feels in my hand? Yeah. Um, maybe spontaneous. Well, maybe let's not say even though, let's say because I asked for it. Yeah. How nice is it that I can verbalize what I want specifically and I'm getting it mm -hmm. and like practicing this new way of being. Yes. Um, but this is a fucking practice. So yeah. I say this with like compassionate and love that like, 
it's practice to undo this. Yes. That we sometimes have to very specifically say the thing. Then it's a different story if you say it very kindly and nicely like this and your partner's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> then yeah. maybe call a therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I really like that you bring this up in being definitive and explicit because I yeah. think maybe people will go as far as saying like, well, I, I like, well, I'm just going to stick on physical touch. Like, you know, my love language is physical touch, but because that's not maybe necessarily their modality, they don't know where to begin. Yeah. Um, so, so remembering that, like you're saying, we have to be the guide in this process as well yeah. and being like, Hey, I, I actually had a, I, I co-host a series on here called quickies and my co-host Amanda Blair had mentioned, she was like, I had to ask my partner to. Yeah explicitly surprise me with a random spontaneous act of slow dancing. Like mm. that sounds really romantic mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to slow dance right now. I don't, that's not something I need in this very moment, but yeah. just so you know, I would really love for you to do this at some point, just whatever. And he did it for her a couple of weeks or months later or when mm -hmm. it, whenever it was. And she said it was so sexy and amazing because mm -hmm. he was able to digest it think about it, do it on his own terms. That really worked for him as yeah. well. And she was like, I don't know if I would have gotten that because that was, a f again, it, it was also intertwined a bit with like a, a small fantasy. Yeah. And, and we have to express these things and let our partners know, I think. Yeah. I mean, I also want to name the like gender component here. Like I, I don't like to genderize all things, but I think if you grew up in a a femme body or what people would, you know, see as a, a woman's body and thus were like taught femme things. I think there's also this struggle of like not asking for too much yeah. and this sort of old trope of like, the gentleman knows what I need. <laughs> you know what I mean? The good sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, well he opens the door. And, and again, this is very like hetero, but I think yeah. if you grew up in our culture, these things were shot at you through like rom-coms, through like yeah. old Hollywood, like all, all these things. Yes. And so there's a sort of like, oh, this other person is my gatekeeper to what I, they know what I need. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir, for telling me what I need because <laughs> otherwise I would have no idea. Um, so a lot of us were taught this yes. um, and have internalized it in some way, shape or form. And so when we have another <laughs> desire that doesn't match that, it's sort of like it's like it glitches in us and we're sort of like, I want this thing, but like, uh, well, I want you to want it because then I have permission to have it. And yeah. like, why aren't you doing it? Because you should know what I like. And yeah. then we're just like, mm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever noise yes. that is. <laughs> yeah. I want to like acknowledge where this comes from too yeah. and why it's hard to undo that mm -hmm. because a lot of us are in that thing where we just like get stuck there. And then we think, oh, because this person isn't a mind reader, they don't love me mm -hmm. or they don't know how to love me. Mm -hmm. But just like if it were a different language, you know, if you were saying like, hey, you speak French and I speak Spanish. And instead of being like, you know, talk to me in my language and you've never learned it, you might be like, uh, hola. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> As opposed to, I would like you to say this sentence in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's such a great again another analogy there of of like really translating um your needs and I think truthfully like you said it's not a you problem like it, I feel like I look to society really being like oh this is really where it did us wrong yeah. in terms of not feeling like we can have these like approachable conversations or at least feeling like They've modeled only one specific way that relationships and sex should look, yeah. quote unquote, should look. And therefore, everything else is yeah, yeah up in the air. It's, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've even done it like for people who like words of affirmation too. Like you can tell the person exactly what to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> and again, this takes practice to be able to accept that. But like I've literally told my partner before, I've been like, I need words of affirmation right now. I need you to tell me like what a good girl I am. Yes. And I need you to tell me this, this, and this while you're holding my face this way yeah. and looking in my eyes and I need you to say it again. Yeah. I need you to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> and like I literally like, ask for it specifically. Yeah. Yes. Um, and after some time I've been able to like receive it in a nice way. Yeah. That's amazing yeah. actually. And I think too, I've kind of learned to do this even with, within I'll use my partnership as an example of like, maybe like there's 
a third-party situation that came up, like a work problem, right, or something. I'm just there to help console them in some way. Yeah. And kind of being like, okay, what what do you need of me? Do you want me to just affirm whatever you're saying? Yes. Do you want my Love that. real opinion? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to not say anything and just hug you and tell you you're doing great, right? And yeah, so, give a consent menu of the yeah, options. Yeah, yeah, like except, yes, I love that. Like truly, here's your menu. Tell me how tell me how I can help serve you to make you feel better in whatever capacity you need. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, sometimes people say they don't know, but that's where I think the like slowing down comes in of like, huh. okay, well I'd like to give you permission to take a little more time to actually check in and see what, yeah, if that's really true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. I was recently chatting with a friend and they were in a quarrel with their partner about intimacy and they had outsourced to an opinion from someone. And that someone's opinion was, well, sex should be the foundation of your relationship because you are intimately and romantically involved in one another. So if that's not working out, it, you're you're done for. What are your thoughts on that in terms of the importance of sex in a dynamic and really the conditions around whether, I guess this kind of goes back to the should you stay or should you go? I mean, again, I think obviously the person giving the advice, I'm hearing that a core value for them was, yeah. was having sex be a foundation. Yeah. And so- it is for me, but it certainly doesn't have to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who are in relationship where sex is not the core element. Yeah. And that's totally fine. If that is something you're okay with, your partner's okay with, you two are shared on that value together. I also think too, if you're in a partnership, different people are going to define what what did the person say for advice? Like that it's like the foundation, it's the key. Yeah. They said um sex is the most important pillar and it should be working. And it should be easy. And if oh, it isn't, easy. They said yeah. easy. Oh, well, <laughs> that's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had a buzzer. <laughs> um, sure. Certainly there are some people, if they went into a relationship, having sex be the key value and looked for that as the main thing where they might feel more naturally compatible in their mm-hmm. styles and their choices. And it might feel a little easier. That being said, having great sex over time takes work. It's not always easeful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're thinking that it has to be easy, you're probably going to be disappointed. It's going to take ongoing work and commitment. Um, And as we're talking about, if you've picked somebody and haven't had conversations with them about the kind of sex you're wanting, the kind of relational style you're wanting, the things you're into, and that person is like widely different, it may take a lot more work for that relationship to work. Yeah. Um, if you're willing to put in that work because all the other stuff is great, awesome. Yeah. If you've accepted that it's like, you know what, we don't align on this, but this is so important to me, I'm willing to work at this with you forever. Great. Yeah. But even if it aligns and you've, you know, picked somebody who is more your your style, um, another colleague of mine calls it your species. Um, <laughs> like Reed Mahalko, he says, date your species. Yes. Meaning like if I'm polyamorous, I look for a polyamorous person. If I'm kinky and that's a core value, I look for a kinky person. Some people don't know those things about themselves until later in the relationship. So that can be a different learning. Yes. Um, but I think it's important that you have to ask yourself, if you're not picking someone based on those values, it is going to be work. If you are picking someone based on those values, it might be a little less work, but it's still going to be work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. For, so figure out, is that really a value that's important to you? If it is, talk about it right away when you start dating, you know, about the values and the kind of sex and in- connection, intimacy, and figure out how willing that person is to work at that. But great sex over time is going to take work regardless. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, and I think I actually really like your tip of like when you are starting to get to know someone to actually like have those initial conversations and like pick their brain on like what are your views on whatever it might be that like your is that core value for you. Yeah. Um, which Yeah, if you know that going in and you're just starting to date. That's epic. Yeah. Ask that. Be like, you know what? Sex is really important to me and I'm committed to like working on it. How where do you stand? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think on the flip side, you know, if you maybe met someone when you were younger and you didn't have this same expansive vocabulary yeah. and know-how around this sort of thing and you've been exploring it, where do you think um, 
It's, is it too late to begin those conversations? No, it's never too late to begin. Blame this podcast. <laughs> I always tell people that like, if you have an article or a podcast where we're bringing up these things that you need in your relationship and you're like, how do I bring that up? Blame us. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, oh, you know, Tatiana has that podcast I like. And I was listening to this episode and yeah, they yeah. talked about this. Would you be willing to listen to it with me? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or like if there's a, you know, look, there's articles about everything. Look up an article and be like, this just happened through my feed. just can't believe it. Would you (laughs) believe? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're really struggling, that's where a therapist or a coach can come in. So you have a, a contained, supportive space to see if your relationship can grow together. Because, yeah, a lot of us are growing together. And like I said, it can change over time. So even if you asked all these things at the beginning, that shifts. And so that's why I think it's really important to have like scheduled relationship check-ins to see if things and how things are changing over time. Um, but yeah, certainly things can be added in just like all the other stuff we're saying that has upgrades, yeah. right? Like cars, <laughs> right? <laughs> the first car is very different than the current car. Yes. Um, it's still a car. So you can certainly have upgrades and changes to your relationship. You may grow together, you may grow apart, but how willing are you to work on it? Only you and your you know, person can know that. Yeah, totally. This is amazing. You are like a wealth of knowledge and you are so fun to podcast with. <laughs> Thank you. You really are. My last question for you is what is currently on your bedside table? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I feel like this is something I'm working on for myself is to have the better space (laughs) like yours uh, that is a little more nice and premium. And I work on this with clients because you want your bed space to be a nice place for relaxation and sex and clear and free of things. But right now I've got crystals and tapatio. Tapatio is not for sex. (laughs) Don't put that in your genitals unless you like them to burn, in which case good for you. Know the risks. I fucking put Tapatio on everything (laughs) and which I shouldn't be eating in my bed because I've been trying not to do that. But sometimes I eat lunch, you know, between clients uh, when I'm relaxing in my bed. You're in your pleasure practice. I need my tapatio, you know, right there. (laughs) And then crystals because I love rocks and I've just got fucking rocks everywhere. So there's rocks, rocks and tapatio. That is epic. (laughs) Your essentials. Yeah, your essentials, everybody. (laughs) Oh, there's some lube there too. Don't confuse the tapatio and the lube. (laughs) That's so good. I'm, I'm obsessed with that. I, yes, I've definitely like my inspo for bedrooms and bedside tables. A lot has come from hotels because I love that experience of just wanting to make it feel like I'm on vacation in my house. And yes, I know. See, my, my brain wants that, but my, the rest of my brain, the ADHD is like, it's not happening. Then go, then go to a hotel, bitch. So my brain is like, no, 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 we're going to leave. You're instead going to have a hot sauce and uh, dirty clothes over here. That's what you want. Okay. Also, like I can't front because I really am that person who has like six water glasses from the past six nights, like at different fill lengths, like just like (laughs) crusting away. So, I mean, look. Did you ever see the movie Signs? No. What uh, is that? Okay. Well, I'm going to spoil. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, it's an old movie about aliens, which I love. Okay. Can I spoil it? Yeah, please. Okay, well, there's a, a at the end of the movie, it turns out the aliens invade Earth, and okay. there's a, a little girl in the movie, and she always leaves her water cups everywhere, and the dad's always so fucking annoyed. And at the end of it, they actually realize that the aliens that are invading like can't survive when the water is thrown on them. Oh. And so it all works out because he like hits these baseball bats against the water, and like you know. They, like- the aliens disintegrate yeah, yeah. or whatever. So um, I'm going to say that those waters are there for a reason. Yeah, they are. And um, if you get rid of them, you won't be prepared for the alien invasion. <laughs> Don't clean them up ever. Don't clean them up. <laughs> That's my therapeutic advice. <laughs> LMFT stamp of approval. Housekeeping. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a treat. Can you 
tell everybody where they can connect with you and find you. And I know you have a podcast yourself, so plug Yes, away. you'll have to come back on. We'll talk about towels some more. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> the things you can do with them for sex. Thanks again for having me. This was a blast. Um, I love being able to talk about this stuff. And I also just want to say that if you're listening and you're like, oh, that stuff is really hard, just know that like this is my field and I still have to work on this stuff. It is a work in progress. We're all doing our best keep trying. You can find me on Instagram at therapy with Nicoletta or at sluts and scholars, uh, which is also the name of my podcast, sluts and scholars available anywhere you get your podcast or at sluts and scholars.com is also an easy way to find me. So good. Thank you. I can't wait to have you back. Can't wait to come back. (laughs) All right. Bye everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Betside Podcast. I hope you loved this episode as much as we did making it. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, or if you just want to chat, don't hesitate to reach out to us at The Bedside on Instagram and thebedside.co online. You can also find us at By The Bedside on TikTok. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform. And if you found this episode valuable, I would so greatly appreciate if you could leave us a rating, a review, text it to a friend, share it to your Instagram stories. Let's get this message out there loud and clear. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.